So hold on a second. So you're saying three that the, acre minimum. The the minimum to build a home on is three. Not a development, a home. One home. Wow. Yeah. So we would jam in Here we probably would jam 20, twenty to forty. Yeah. <laughs> we jam forty five homes into. We three need acres. about seven or eight feet between windows. <laughs> you can jump from one roof to the other. So uh, welcome to another episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. I am Brian Lovell, always here with my amazing co-host, Mr. John oh, Jones. How you doing, buddy? Doing great. So uh, we are going to continue in a series um, of interviewing some top producing real estate agents on this week's podcast. And we have a special guest from Georgia, southern Georgia, just south of Atlanta, uh, Casey Edwards. Casey, welcome to the podcast. We're so glad you're able to join us today. Yeah, yeah thanks. Yeah, so excited to have you. And, uh, you know, you'll be the second um, uh, realtor that we've talked to in this crazy market that we're all experiencing right, right now. Um, so in Georgia, just curious, um, how, did, how did you get started in real estate? You're a rising star up there, but uh, give us a little background. So the, the background is, is not exciting. I mean, I, I went to real estate school at 20 years old and I came from waiting tables. I mean, I, there, there just wasn't, you know, this big, exciting, extravagant background that kind of led me here. Um, I, I did real estate school at 20 and then uh, 23, I went through the broker's course. And then at 25, I opened Prosperity Real Estate Group. Wow. So, whoa, whoa time out. So you're 26? I am. Did I do the math right? You did the math right. Wow, what an exciting career. So like this is your first real legit job, at, you know, other than waiting tables. Is that what I'm I'm picking up on? I think she did a little um a little car work in it as a uh, uh okay. service tech or right. I, I wrote some service tickets at a Ford dealership for a little while. I just kind of flip-flopped around. I did some uh medical stuff in college. So it it, it was crazy. Okay. So ultimately, what made you decide real estate? So I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. I had, um, you know, done some medical stuff in college, didn't really love that. And I, I was just kind of lost. And I grew up, though, in this industry. Um, my mom is a 26-year mortgage veteran. So the whole childhood of my life was mortgage, mortgage, mortgage in the background. Mm -hmm. So I was like, that's that's what I kind of know. So let's let's go there. Yeah, she was smart and she stuck and and, and went into real estate. Yeah, real estate instead of mortgage. <laughs> you know, mortgage is like I tell people all the time. It's one of those things like once you get in, you can't get you, out. It's, it's like Hotel California, <laughs> right? You can check out any time you like. You just can't ever leave. That's right. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah, so cool. So, the, so you, what was that? I said there is no such thing as part time real estate. No, no. There, there is no such thing as part-time real estate. Me? Yeah, we can hear you good. Yeah, no such time thing as part-time real estate. It's interesting because we're you know we're on a lot of like Facebook groups and things like that, real estate masterminds. And one of the questions that I always see there that makes me scratch my head is the folks who are doing like bivocational real estate. They've got a full-time job. That's the real job, I guess. Right. And then they dabble in real estate a little bit. And the question that they always ask is, how do I know when to jump full time into real estate? And my feeling is 
until you're doing it full time, you're never going to be very successful at it at it anyway. So, yeah. So, Casey, how did things start off for you? Um, I'm assuming like, did you have a mentor? Like, did you just hit the ground running? Like what what's your real estate story that helped you get to where you're at? right now. And then the next question I'd like to ask you is tell us a little bit about, you know, what you've done in the last, you know, 12 to 18 months with a new venture. Yeah. So in the beginning, after I went through the Georgia real estate school, I worked in a mentorship program in a local brokerage here. And that, that year was, was so much help working under a mentor in, in this business and not, you know, going through real estate school and then just being fed to the wolves. So that, that first year was super crucial to my success, I think, um, in learning the ins and outs and how to deal with different things. And, and I had the worst of the worst. My so very first deal was a low appraisal. The very <laughs> second deal, the inspector cut the air on and the HVAC blew up. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I, I, I kind of hit it all in my first year and working with a mentor through all of that was, was just exactly what I needed and what I think everybody needs getting yeah, I, into this. Listen, I 100% agree. I did the same thing getting in mortgage. I worked, um, you know, underneath somebody for about a year. Um, and I'll tell you what I learned, and, and you may have had the same experiences, like unless you're doing mortgages or unless you're doing real estate, you're not really learning or have the skills necessary to do it well. And so when you're new, you know, you're trying to, how do I learn how to do mortgages and how do I also learn where to get them from? What having that mentor did is he already had the deals. I was getting the opportunity to learn how to put a deal together um, from him. And and then from there, it just kind of took off. Is your Was your experience kind of similar to that? It was. It, this is a very hands-on business. They, they teach you a ton of stuff in real estate school. You get your license and then you get here and from there it's just very hands-on you know there's no two deals that are the same and every single deal is going to be different unless you're in this business full time and have your hands in it you're you're not going to continue to learn and grow and be successful yep what was the catalyst that uh, made you decide to jump hey i'm going to get out from underneath this mentorship i'm going to go step out on my own what what brought you to that point? Like, when did you know it was time to do that? So um, about a, a year, I was I was in the mentorship for about a year, and from there, I was I was ready to move to a different brokerage that was closer to home, um, was planted in the market that I wanted to be dominant in. Um, I, I found myself driving from where my brokerage was. To where this brokerage was because that's where i lived and where i wanted to work and it's very hands-on so i i changed course and moved to a different brokerage i, I stayed there for a couple years that's where i was when i got my um, broker's license i associate broker there for a little while and then one thing led to another and i just i just knew that it was it was time for me to have some control over it and that's kind of where the dream of prosperity real estate group was born yep so after stepping out uh, on your own, eventually within a couple of years, you had a dream or a desire to open up your own brokerage, which you did right, right before the pandemic started? I did. I opened Prosperity Real Estate Group in November of 2019, and then we walked straight into the pandemic. <laughs> um, 
I, I was here by myself. It was just a, you know, a one girl team here and the pandemic hit and it just flourished. It really did. We added um, three agents last year. I ended up having to hire an office manager for volume um, control. And it just, it just kept growing and kept building. And I knew I had made a really good, really good move. So, so curious, tell us what, it, what was the market like when the pandemic first hit for you last March? It was, were you shut down? Were you able to show homes or, or list property? We probably shut down for like two weeks. Okay. I mean, it was very minimal. We, um, I ended up closing the brick and mortar office. Everybody just started working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, we went through, you know, two, three weeks of just lost and kind of what this pandemic was going to look like. And then I think everybody realized that we still have to be pushing forward. You know, real estate is a huge part of the economics in Georgia and, and the cash flow and stuff. So it just had to keep moving. And as the pandemic went on, people started staying in their houses more and realized that that just wasn't a great fit for them. So business picked up even more over that. And it just, it never stopped. Yeah, that's it's. Uh, you've had quite a year. You had sixty-five units 65 for just years. over just over ten million in production. So that was amazing. Did you see a dip at all, or has it been steady throughout twenty twenty for you? It was completely steady. Um, it 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 had its moments, but I would say it was more steady than anything. I mean, last year, the I produced more last year than I did in 2017, 2018, and twenty nineteen combined. Wow, which were all top producer wow. years for me congratulations that's yeah awesome. that's a great job i mean yeah. that that's a like a lot of uh, you know when we talk to los or anybody in sales that's a great message to get out there mm-hmm. um you know when you enter the real estate industry or the mortgage business right we all we all have visions that we're going to be a huge success yeah. um and then we probably don't realize the time and effort it takes to get to the level that you know that that, that she's at today you know sure. in, in closing the first couple of years are a challenge yeah. so you, you know and, don't and, give up and keep pushing forward. and i that's where i i kind of want to ask casey is like you know by the way congratulations on a great year in 2020 you know 60 plus sides is averaging five closings a yeah. month that's that's pretty rock stars for a, a single agent um but you said that you did more in 2020 than you did in like three or four years combined so there was a time that there was struggle. And oh, yeah. what I would love to hear is like, what was that like? What did you learn during that time? What was, what clicked, right? Because I think a lot of times people don't see what it took to get to where you're at. Um, would you mind just giving us a little background to, to you know, the, the difference and what took you from those lean years to years of plenty? Yeah, so I mean, 2016 and 2017, you know, 2016 was nothing to talk about. I mean, that did, I did deals, but they were, they were crazy and wasn't enough to support a family, but I was learning and I, I just knew I had to keep pushing through. 2017 was better. That was a million dollar year for me, um, but it, it, it had its moments. And even through 2018, where I went to multi-million top producer, it, it still had its moments. and if you're not closing anything, you're not getting paid. So there were points that I was like, you know, do I need to start looking at supplemental income? You know, it, it hasn't always just been this huge gravy train. Um, but I knew that if I just kept pushing and kept, you know, following the lead of the other top producers that I look up to in the area that kind of mentored over me, 
um, that, that I could get there. But it, it took a lot of hard work. It took a lot of tears. Um, and it took a lot of picking yourself back up when you've just gone, you know, a couple months and nothing, no closings. Um, and then you'd have a really good month and then it would go back down and yep. it's a roller coaster for sure. Yep. So what changed in your business that got you to the point where you had consistency? Like you just shared with us, Hey, I had months where we went without closings and then we had months where we had like now it's, it, I would imagine your business was pretty consistent. How did it, how did it get to that level? So my personal opinion is, is just the, the consistency that I had with staying with it. Um, probably 90% of my business is referral business. Okay. I worked really, really hard to build a reputation in this area. Um, and, and I have a lot of repeat clients. I have a lot of referral business and um, that that's, I think is what got me to where I was. It's all about your reputation. You know, one bad deal could kill everything. Um, but one good one leads to, you know, referrals from others. So you just have to stay dedicated and, and really do everything that's best for your clients so that you can continue working. Yeah. What, um, just out of curiosity. Go yeah, ahead, let me jump in. I, I'm, I'm curious, the market there, what's it like right now? Uh, you know, The market here is insane. Um, just for instance, this morning, there was a house that was listed that I looked at on Hot Sheets this morning, listed at 250. We're rural. That's kind of like workforce housing um, price range here. You know, that's, that's, that's the price range that we found our workforce looking for. Um, and I have a laundry list of people that are going to want to see that house. So the minute I saw it, I scheduled an hour and a half time block for myself over there without even talking to my clients yet. Like you just have to get in because if you don't schedule it now, you're not getting in at two o'clock this afternoon. Wow. Um, and and you're the the offer situation. I mean, it, it's insane. You're multiple, multiple offers over asking, um, you know, it. It's almost if you're not cash or the most perfect conventional and you don't want anything from the seller, you're not getting anything. Right. It is a, a never, and I've, I've done this 25 years, never seen a market this crazy yeah. and, and overheated. I mean, I, this, is, this is the first time I've found myself when I, when I see houses coming up, even though they're not perfect and they fall within that, that desirable price range, that I, I, just, I just schedule time over there for myself anyway without mm -hmm. even having clients lined up because I know they're you know coming. Call. Yeah. Yeah. So curious, where are they coming from? Are they, you know, local? We talked a little bit about this, but you've got some local folks, I'm guessing, and then some folks coming from, from, from Metro Atlanta, uh, moving out yeah. to the rural area. Yeah. So um, Metro Atlanta, inner city, you know, the suburbs, those people are coming down into our area. Um, Pike County, which is my primary market, um, is the best school system option in the area. So we are super flooded with those people coming out. That's where kind of where everybody wants to be. Um, we are seeing a lot of, you know, hometown people though, that are just trying to make a change. And that's that's where it gets really hard though, because they, they want to make a change, but the, the market values have shot up so far. And there are workforce here that it, it's a cat fight to get anything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What, so exactly what I know you said you were just South of Atlanta. What, what area, like what's the city you're in, right? You're in. So my office is in Zebulon, Georgia. We service, um, Spalding County, Pike County, Lamar County, Upson County, and Fayette and Coweta County. Okay. 
Wow, so that's uh, that's a pretty big radius, actually. Yeah, so we have different agents that kind of specialize in different areas here, and we're just kind of centrally located in the middle of all of it. Okay. All right, cool. So um, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions about, like, some of your business drivers. There's no yes, or I should say there's no right or wrong answer. Um, do you buy leads? I do not buy leads. Do you? Um, I have agents that buy leads, but I personally do not buy leads. Okay. Do you do any advertising? I do. Um, our um, marketing manager is over all of our, uh, I'm sorry, our office manager is over our advertising as well. We heavily market social media um, and, and then we do a lot of community kind of hands-on marketing as well. Okay. So the bulk of your business you had said is coming from legit referral. Do you, do you have a database that you're staying in constant contact with that you're working? Um, you know, and again, there's no, no right or wrong answer to it. Yeah. So, okay. So in that aspect, we do keep a database. Um, we, we do continuously, um, market directly to those outside of just general marketing and just keep an update on where the market is and things that they need to know. Um, we don't typically run a whole lot of drip campaigns and things like that to them. Um, but we, we do have some, some marketing probably should do some more, but that's a place where we're, we're growing um, to, to a database for each of the agents in the office. Okay. So I'm guessing there's, there's still a lot of opportunity for growth in your, in your market. Um, what's new construction like? And are there any holdbacks yeah. there or resistance to uh, new developments going in? Oh, yeah. So the, the growth in, in our market is huge. Um, we were the most rural town um, that you could live in but still get to the cities and stuff. And that is quickly changing. Um, they're currently building a VA center in Pike County. So with that, we've gotten new commercial growth as well, which also leads to residential growth. Um, new construction is popping up on every three acre lot you can find, which is the build minimum. Um, wow. You, you <laughs> That's different. So, so the, so hold on a second. So I, you're saying three that the, acre minimum, the, the minimum to build a home on is three, not a development, a home. One home. Wow. Yeah, so we would jam in Here, we probably would jam 20, 20 to 40. Yeah. <laughs> We'd jam 45 homes into we three We need acres. about seven or eight feet between windows. <laughs> you can jump from one roof to the other. Um, we have one subdivision that is probably more like what you're used to, and that was a huge controversy. Wow. Um, there have been some variances done, and we do have some subdivisions that were developed on um, two-acre lots and one on one-acre lots, but the just general residential build minimum here is three acres. Wow. I love I, that, by the way. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, think that's cool. I, yeah. I think that's cool. I mean, I, and I love it. Sounds to me like the town or the, the county, city, whatever, has a plan that they want to keep that rural feel yes. um, you know, to that area. Man, I tell you what, though, I'd love to be a landscaper there because like, I'm, not, I'm not mowing three acres. <laughs> not a I, chance. I'm, I'm and that's growing just about year round. That most people are having you know, somebody with a truck you need a or tractor. whatever. <laughs> a tractor mow their lawn. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, it's it's there's definitely lots of landscape crews around. Everybody <laughs> seems to keep it up, but you know where we are, it's so rural and so southern that everybody just wants to find three, five, ten acres and clear an acre in the middle of the woods and put their house there. Okay. Yeah. So uh, curious, what like what's the median uh, average price there in your your area? So our median price now, the most desirable price range is between two and three hundred, mm-hmm. um, even up to three fifty a little bit. But anything listed from one fifty to three hundred, you have minutes, not hours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I would say, and maybe tell me if I'm wrong, but if you're having to put a home on a three acre lot, a lot of the value in that parcel is the land as much as the dwelling is right. that okay yeah, no i mean the, the 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 bigger lots do bring a lot of value um and that value is not so much seen from our inner city or inner town people that have always been here because they're used to that but the people that are coming from the suburbs and coming from metro atlanta and getting these houses on two three four acre lots that they see huge value in it so mm-hmm. it, it's just a difference of of people and where you came from yeah that's yeah it's true so, so i'm curious you know, at, at the large lot size and the medium price around 250, 300, like what's the average square foot footage of a home? So um, the minimal on new construction is about 1800 square foot, depending on where you are. We have a couple of different zoning, um, but I'd say probably our average size is 2000 square feet, somewhere okay. between 1800 and 2200. Um, and, and then you go up from there. But most everything um, is going to be between 18 and 2200 on average. Yeah, I, it's pretty interesting because I think like if you go over to Tampa at the price range that she's talking about, the 250 to 300, because mm-hmm. we're, we're in Tampa, um, you know, right. you're looking at a 2200 square foot home and there you're getting something similar plus three acres. Right. That, you know. So, man, I, I can, so I, what I'm getting at is I can see the appeal for people who are coming from the city to come into the more rural area. Right. Right. Yeah. I, I visit Moultrie, Georgia quite a bit. And, um, and, and every year that I drive through, you know, South Georgia, I mean, I just, you see just nothing but five, 10, 20 yeah. acre, 50, a hundred acres. And the appeal is huge for, you know, folks coming from yeah. Florida and the Tampa market yeah. for sure. So how far is the closest Publix? <laughs> Publix is a solid 45 minutes. Wow. Um, Kroger, 20. Um, okay. And then we have like little, we have Ingalls and then the, we don't have anything in Pike County except for Freshway Market. <laughs> okay. And to Spaulding County and you get into Ingalls and Kroger and Walmart and okay. things like that. But, but there's a grocery store somewhat close. Oh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're not that far off the map. Yeah. yeah. It's always funny because I, I like, you know, I've lived in my home for 16 years. We're not looking at moving or anything like that. And I know you've lived in yours a long time. But like when I see new developments going up in Hillsborough County where I live, I'm Makes always like, go. <laughs> like that, that's not close enough to a Publix for anybody to want to live there. You know, what happens though is Publix eventually... They find you. <laughs> you know, they find they you. They find you. <laughs> right. So, so cur- cur- curious, like, if we can shift back to what your team looks like today. So you started um, just before COVID. Um, how many how many agents have you added, and uh, what does your entire office look like? Okay, 
so um, it started with just me. Like I, I did not go into this with anybody. Um, it, it was just me and we went into the pandemic, but I've added in 2020, we've added three other producing agents and office manager. And we also have a builder in house that's doing new construction specs with us and some customs for clients that can find some land to build it on. Yeah. Wow. Good. But at this point, our office um, is a team of four agents, an office manager, and a builder. All right. Fantastic. So, what are what are your you know? I'm just you've done so much in a short period of time. So that I mean, my, makes my next question like, what's next? You know, what what does 2021 look like for you? What does 2025 look like for you? You seem like the type of person that dreams big. I'd I'd love to hear. Where, where yeah, your mindset so is. 2021 for us, um, it, it looks like growth, more growth, definitely. Um, we were looking for a new building. We've just about outgrown the one that we're in. We started small um, it, and we have production goals that are bigger than last year that we were, we're well on our way in the first quarter to being on track to meet those. Um, you know, I, I have goals of how many agents I want to see in here on our team um, by the end of the year. And then as far as 2025, you know, I, my goal is to build a brokerage where the quality is unmatched, the service is great, and, and we're trusted from a client standpoint, but from an agent standpoint, you know, somewhere that feels like home that's not this massive, you know, brokerage. We we want to be brick and mortar. We want to be in house. We want to have relationships and, and and things like that. So, you know, by 2025, I hope that I have a great quality team of agents, and we're in a in a new facility, and we're just minding our own and producing big numbers. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, fantastic. So re- recently, you were just given an award, um, a-, a top producer award. Can you can you share with us what that was and and how you yeah. qualified? Yeah. So um, the the award that I got this year was the the same award that I've gotten the last three years, but this past one, it was won with. Let me. Whoa. <laughs> I can't get my words out. This one that I got this year was received with the numbers that were greater than 2017, 2018, and 2019 combined. So it was multi-million dollar top producer for our realtor board, um, which landed me in the top 10 agents in the board, which wow. is hard. Congratulations. Um, and then I have other agents in here as well that received multi-million dollar, million dollar awards. So we, we all did extremely well, but the one I got, it's it's great. It's a life member award where I just consecutively hit that mark year after year. Um, I'm super thankful for for being able to do that. Hey, congratulations! So, did you say top ten in the board? Yep, I was. Yeah, con- congratulations. That's that's pretty awesome. Thank you. So let, let's shift over to the importance of good partners. And, and, you know, you've been in the business five or six years now, but uh, title partners, um, a good insurance agent, referral partner, mortgage partner. Um, talk a little bit about the importance of having a good team. 
Yeah, the importance of good partners, good affiliates, and a good team is huge. You know, if you don't have a good team to work with you through these deals, especially in the time we're in right now where everything's just moving so quickly, um, you're just not going to make it. You know, we have great partners in the title world, in the insurance world, in the inspection world. Um, I mean, even my, my best deal, my favorite deal for last year was from a relationship with an attorney because we contracted to close in less than 24 hours. And, and that goes with having good partners. We, well, I say less than 24 hours, it was like 25, but we contracted at 11 o'clock on a Monday and closed it at 12 o'clock on Tuesday. Wow. And you just don't, you give that kind of service. You don't have the partners to do it with. Um, the inspection partners, um, we have preferred home inspectors that, that are great at their job, that we can trust, that we can pick up the phone and say, hey, we've got like a two-day due diligence and we've got to get this done. And they understand the urgency and we're dedicated to them. They're dedicated to us and we get it done. If you don't build those relationships, you can't service your clients in this in this market like they're going to need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Well, Casey, is there anything that you wish we would have asked you that we haven't? I, I don't think. I mean, we, we talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I'm just... I, I'm super honored that you allowed us to be here. I mean, I, I'm super proud of what I've built and I want to share it. And I just want everybody to to know the the ins and outs of things. And you know, I came from a mentorship program and that's one of my goals here is to provide that same kind of mentorship to these new agents that are coming in. Cause it's a great, it's a great career. But if you just jump in head first and throw yourselves to the wolves, you're not going to keep your head above water. Um, so, I mean, I, I, I love the mentorship programs. I, I want to continue doing that with other agents and, and doing things like this really helps that. So I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that, um, that you shared that because I, I think that does matter. You know, you're, you're basically so thankful for the opportunity you got to be mentored by somebody to help you grow the career that you have now that one of your biggest desires forward. is to pay that forward and do that yeah. for somebody else. I, I think as long as our vision or um, our values as salespeople, as companies or whatever it is, is centered around truly serving and helping other people, our businesses will always grow and they'll always be successful. When we get selfish is when that can start to crumble. So kudos to you for recognizing that and doing something about it. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Where in this business, your reputation is everything. And you you pick up a bad rep because you don't know what you're doing. And by no fault of your own, it's hard to get away from it. Um, so I, I just wanna, I just wanna out. There's not a lot of agents that'll give you grace. There, you very rarely are gonna run into a, a listing agent if you're on the buyer side that says, hey, I get you're new. Let me try to help work you through this because it's also in the best interest of my yeah. seller. So. Yeah, right. Cool. Well, we're excited to see how 2021 plays out for you and your team, and uh, and we'll we'll be following you in the future. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If there's, in, if, if there's anything excited. we can do for you, you know, let let us know. We would love to help you out in any way that we can. So. Any last minute advice for buyers in your market out there besides patience? 
move and move quickly. Yep. Um, on the lending side, have your pre-approvals done, have your docs turned in, don't drag your feet. You're not gonna win in this market. It's gonna be, it's fight to the death right now. And you've just gotta be prepared and ready to move. It, yeah. we, you have minutes and not hours at this point in some of these price ranges. Yeah, it's yeah crazy. great advice. I, I've yeah. never seen anything like it. I, I think I saw, I've seen some memes on Facebook all week. I guess NAR came out with a statistic this week that said there are more licensed real estate agents in the country than there are homes currently listed for sale. Oh my. Right? So mad props to you for doing the amount of sides that you're doing when you're surrounded by so much competition. So yep. there, there is a lot of it. So, yep. so let's close We're it out. Here. We'll close it out. Uh, just want to thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Contacts to Contracts podcast. Thank you, Casey, so much for joining us. Hey, if you like what you saw, don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can make sure that you see future episodes. On behalf of John Jones and myself, we want you to know if there's anything that you need, always here to serve. Thank you, Casey. Thank you.